Okay, there we go. We're on. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for coming to the Sexy Freedom Media podcast numero 14 with my guest, Taryn Rain from The Remote Yogi. Hey, everyone. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Helen. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's early morning stuff. Yeah, much to talk about. Um, well, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Taryn on is to discuss what's going on with the remote yogi, which I'm happy to be a part of. And I want to tell everybody out there about what exactly the remote yogi is, what she's doing, who Taryn Rain is, how she got started, and what why she's doing all of this. So Taryn, tell us about hey. who you are. Okay, let's dive into my story a little bit. So I um, got into the yoga community kind of by accident. So I um, started dealing with mental illness, pretty young, around um, 11, 12, got into depression, uh, what I now know was anxiety, but it was not diagnosed at that time, and became really obsessed with fitness, more as an image thing, like I was really obsessed with like making sure I fit in, um, which led me to stumbling into a yoga class at a YMCA when I was 17, um, thinking it was a fitness class, and then I found out it was yoga, and I was too embarrassed to leave, so I just stayed, and I was so uninterested in it. And I finished the class and was mind blown that I didn't think about anything the whole class. And as an anxiety person, like that's unheard of, like a whole hour of my brain not going in a different direction. Mm -hmm. I kind of walked out that day like, yeah, I'll teach one day. And um, <laughs> it took me a long time to like get to the point where I was consistent enough to like become a teacher. And then when I started teaching, it like was so clear to me how healing it is and what the practice can really do. Um, so I was teaching in person a ton, and then when I started to travel, which we'll touch on, I felt really disconnected from the community and wanted to make sure I was still bringing yoga to people in a way that was more about the healing and the lifestyle and the mindset and not just about the fitness, which I didn't find online. Mm -hmm. So I had to create my own, um, which is how the Remote Yogi got started and our tribe membership got started. It's just a way for me to share yoga and my coaching with other people who are trying to find a better way with me. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I've known you through Booty Yoga, and yeah. we actually did a podcast together on your site, which is, what's your site? The remoteyogi.blog is um, where all the blog stuff is and the, and all that good stuff. And you take that on the road with you, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm not usually stationed anywhere. I'm constantly traveling. Um, sold all my belongings about a year ago. Oh, Two years, two ago, years ago to <laughs> leave and just start traveling full time. And um, yeah, so I, I do this from wherever I'm heading off to Thailand in three weeks. Sick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you go on, girl. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. So if you don't mind telling your age or roughly about where your age is at, so you can maybe help identify, identify with other girls out there who are in your same place yeah. or age that want to want to do what you're doing but think they can because of their age? Yeah, so I am currently 26, 27 in a few weeks, and um, I started teaching yoga when I was only 23? No, 20, 24. I was, no, no, I'm sorry, 22. I was really young. Anyway, I was really young, and I kind of had that attitude when I first got started was like, oh, who am I to come in and teach? All my students were much older than me, mm -hmm. um, and then when I started coaching, I also had that it worse than when I was doing yoga because I'm telling people how to live their lives and how to better themselves. And I am very young. So I'm, I seem um, like I haven't had that much experience and I really just had to own the fact that 
I've been mentoring people around me since I was like 10 years old Mm -hmm. and I've lived a lot of life for a young age. And so like the age thing doesn't really matter when I've lived the life I've lived. And and so just understanding that experience doesn't mean how long Mm -hmm. you've been doing something like experience is on a different level. So getting that out of your head. Yeah. And that's, that's a good, um, that's good that you touched on that about being the whole age factor and having, and I'm sure you have older clients then. Oh, right? almost all my clients are older than me. Yeah. Okay. Way yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And then now what, how did you come up with the name remote yogi? Um, because I was doing something remotely. So remote is that concept of like, you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere and no one's around. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, it's part of that nomadic life. So like I was kind of playing with, nomad yogi or traveling yogi and and remote just sounded better to me because I also wanted to build this community for people who felt kind of isolated Mm -hmm. or felt kind of lonely because when I first started to practice yoga in the very small town I was in it wasn't really there and so I felt very isolated and I felt like I couldn't find community so I'm trying to build that space online for somebody to find community wherever they are okay yeah that's good also because there are people who don't want to go to yoga classes and um, because they're in their own heads and they're feeling judged and they're feeling insecure or they just don't want to be around other people. They just yeah. want to be alone and do it. I, I've i asked a lot of my students what keeps them from studios and there's actually a number of reasons, whether it's monetary time it takes to get to a studio, get home if you're a working mom, like it's just sometimes hard. Um, but then there's also the aspect that Western yoga can sometimes be a little egotistical sometimes you know yeah. and when you're coming into um, a yoga space that's not in the best light you can come in and feel very judged mm-hmm. or feel like there's comparison happening happening in the space and when you're yes. newer and there's that comparison happening you're constantly judging your body to everyone else in the room and um, that's not all yoga studios please please note but that is is happening in places and so people feel really um, out of their body already because when you're new to yoga it's mm-hmm. it's very hard to figure out how to get your body to work in these different right. ways but then when you also have the added pressure of like a competitive space mm-hmm. um that's not really helpful or you're just a community where it's not offered yes like i you know i was living in a small town that's like all bars and fast food places and mm-hmm. like no one no one cared <laughs> about yoga right so that was challenging for me wow those are some really good points to touch on the the western um, way of egotistical um energy being in the room and that can come a lot from everybody else's ego in the room and and yeah it's pretty it's pretty intense i mean um i know for me i've been i that's one of the reasons that kept me from doing yoga for so long as well or looking into it until i finally dove into it and i have another question for you um so you traveled for a whole year, right? Yeah. Talk about that. Like, what? <laughs> and I'm leaving again. How did that happen? And what did you take from that experience? Yeah. So I um, was married very young. I got married at 21, bought a house, did the whole thing, got the corporate job. Um, and the marriage was just not what I needed. It like was just, you know, both good people. It just wasn't working out. And um I had put so much of my life ambition into being a wife and mother mm-hmm. that when I lost that, I was very much like, well, I just need a 180 my life in the other direction because um, this thing I was chasing after wasn't working for me. And um, as much as I, I 
100% still want to be a mother. It's just like that timing wasn't right. And that was really hard. And so I just kind of said, well, if I can't be a mother and wife right now, I really need to be doing something else that's just as fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to travel. I've just kind of been scared of it. And I also, you know, had this idea of like, well, if I'm off to travel, I'm not going to be able to meet my husband so I can have babies. Like Mm -hmm. I was very, very caught up in that world. And so I kind of was like, well, I tried that. Didn't work. Now I'll go do the whole travel thing. Um, And so, yeah, I I like had a three bedroom house to myself that I sold everything in the house, everything. I literally have my suitcase. Um, And that felt really freeing, actually. Like it was really scary at first to get rid of everything. Um, But then I felt so much weight lift off, like Mm -hmm. all the the perfect roles I was trying to fill Mm -hmm. in that past life I was living. And um, yeah, so I joined this travel program that actually popped up on my Facebook feed right after I filed my divorce. Like the universe's timing is just great sometimes. And um, it's a, it was a travel program called Remote Year where um, they group you with a group of like 50 people who are also working remotely and you travel to a new city every month around the world, different That's countries. So wild. So yeah. Wow. So I was like forced to also socialize because when I left my ex-husband, I kind of permitted mm-hmm. myself for a year which was good. I needed that. Um, but it forced me to like get back into interacting with people and finding love in a new way, like between friendships and stuff. Cause I kind of yes. hardened myself through the divorce process. Oh yeah. Yes. I, I know you know what that's like. I do. So, um, yeah, so it really just, it taught me a lot about love and how to love again, mm-hmm. um, even on a friendship level. And then, um, it gave me the confidence to launch a freaking business on the That's road. Amazing. So I, I like my whole life would have told you, I'm like, I'm just not really like a businessy person. Mm-hmm. I would, I've said that my whole life. And now I'm like super proud of being an entrepreneur. Yes, as you should. Building this business. So, um, and it is That's building. new. It's building. It's yes. growing. Yeah. I'm like, it's growing. <laughs> as like, if you're an entrepreneur out there, you know how much it struggles the first while and for a long time, you're putting out way more money mm. than you're bringing in. And I recently, like my monthly um, spending and my monthly income was even, which is actually a really big deal. Like yeah. that doesn't sound exciting, <laughs> yes. but that's such a big deal. It's a big so deal. Like, I'm like on the up. Right. So, yeah. Right. It's climbing. Yeah. It's progress. But it's slow and like that's mm-hmm. okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And okay, so tell us. After you came back from this whole year of traveling, um, did you feel a little bit of sadness because, you know, you you now ended the trip or did you feel like, how did you feel coming out of it? Um, I had a lot of mixed emotions. So I, again, I was traveling with a big group of people and um, as much as I learned to love and, and grow with people, I also felt very overwhelmed socially. I had a lot of social exhaustion by the end of a year of traveling with that many people. Um, Cause you just feel obligated to go to a lot of things. And, and so when it came to the end, I was so sad to be leaving people, but I was also like, thank God I can do me again yes, for a little yes. bit mm-hmm. and like focus back on, on myself. Um, so I was really looking forward to that. But I think the hardest challenge for me, and I'm still dealing with this, like <laughs> this is why I'm leaving again in three weeks, but dealing with like reacclimation back to Western culture, mm-hmm. like back to like American politics and the fear mongering and, um, learning how to relate to people once I got back home has mm-hmm. been really challenging mm-hmm. and um, reevaluating friendships that might need to let go because right. we're just no longer in a place where it's working. So that that's been the most challenging coming back home. And of course I'm leaving again. Like I, I don't plan on settling anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just visiting, but um, 
I like that. Yeah, I, I, I forgot how how heavy it feels here sometimes with with mm -hmm. the climate of our culture and our politics and. Um, so yeah, that was the most challenging, and I wasn't expecting that. Like I got home and I just felt very disconnected mm -hmm. with with things. Okay. Now, how did you find your way out of feeling that disconnection? I still feel it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think talking about it's been helpful. Um, mm -hmm. And and just understanding that like, I you know I'm, I've got a different perspective now, but it's not fair for me to put that on other people because they haven't experienced what I've gone through. Right. So I find myself, um, you know, when friends are complaining about really simple things, in my opinion, like they're actually mad because Target was out of their favorite wine and it was inconvenient for them to go somewhere else. And I was just around kids who were living in cardboard boxes. Absolutely. It's really hard for me. But I have to understand that it doesn't make their frustration less valid. Yeah. Let's and talk about that's that hard. just for a second, actually, because <laughs> that's a huge thing. Yeah. When I did my travels... And I'm very similar to you. I yeah, you've my, been to a lot of third world Yeah, countries. third world countries. And I felt the exact same way when I came back. In fact, even before I had left, I was teaching in the shelters. Yeah. So I was working with, um, you know, the homeless, uh, quotations, homeless and homeless kids. And um, I felt the same way until I went to these other countries. And then I saw how much more even the homeless in our, in our country had versus what I saw in other countries. And... I also felt that same exact way. Yeah. And that's definitely something not to be overlooked. So if you are out there and you haven't traveled the world, I think that you should. You definitely should because you or do. Or at least like if you're afraid to leave, like watch documentaries. Watch like, documentaries. Get you, you need get, get involved. <laughs> get your mind involved, especially. Yeah. Because you need to be humbled. We live in an amazing country and we're gifted by so much. And sometimes even when I go in the stores today, I get so overwhelmed just by all of the stuff all of the shit just how like, like it's just even just like the fact that like our parking lots kind of look ornate i had a friend in town from canada who's never been here and she just commented like why do you have music playing in the parking lots here and i just like felt like you're right that is so ridiculous <laughs> like why are we so like extreme and um i love and, it <laughs> but also like again understanding that like I'm, that's also me being judgmental right and i have to like release that it's so, like that's been a little bit of a challenge and then you feel guilty about it and i'm like trying to find yeah. that balance. Um, so that, and also just understanding that like, I, if I want to make change, I've got to do it. So like mm -hmm. a different issue I had when I got back is, um, we're in a culture where we really want to talk about our successes and mm -hmm. what we're doing at work and like how much money we're making and, and things in that regard. And, um, I noticed when I was traveling in other countries, they're less concerned about what you do for a living mm -hmm. and much more concerned about like who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it's my responsibility that if I want to change the conversation, I need to step forward and say, like, yes. let's talk about something else. Yes. And if they're not willing to, then I just need to find a different social group as well. And, like, right. that's not me. Right. Yes. You have Which that choice. Hard. You have that power yeah. to do that. Right. And I know, and I completely agree with that. If you don't feel comfortable in the conversation, just yeah. walk away. You got two legs. Just go for it. Right. Just take a run. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's something as simple as, like, a, f a few of my friends, like, in, a, in the nicest way, we're just, like, so how's that business? You making some good money yet? Mm -hmm. Whereas people from other countries or people on this group who have traveled and they're a little more cultured, they ask things like, how are you feeling about your business? Mm -hmm. How, like, are you feeling like you're impacting people's lives? Are you doing right. It's less about like how outwardly successful are you? Right. Versus like how much are you being fulfilled right now? Yes, 
this. Because as a business owner, when things are slow and people are asking you if you're making money yet, that's actually very stressful. <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, no, but I got the best email yesterday from the sweetheart, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's different. And I think that, like, especially when it comes to our social groups, they don't know how to approach us. So one thing that I was hearing the other day is we've got to teach people how to treat us. Yeah. By the words that come out of our mouths, by the conversations that we hold, mm -hmm. and just how you were saying, you know, take responsibility for what you do and don't want to be around. Yeah, and if if you really want something to stay a part of your life, having the conversation where you say, "Hey, this is a better way of how you could support me." Mm, yes, because okay, I know you're trying to be supportive. This isn't helpful for me right now. This is what would be helpful. And you're right. going to present that information. Yes. And not everybody's out there to be all about your life. They're, everybody's right. really about their own. They're just trying to get more involved in your life. Too, so that way they're not alone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So what's next? No. Oh, wait. Before that, I want to know what happened during your month away. Because didn't you do Oh, I just month? did a month. Well, like a detox month. So when I got back to the U.S., I... Um, had like one of my friends come in and stay with me for a bit. And then I had um, my boyfriend who's from the UK. He came and did a two month road trip with me because he had never been to the US, which was really amazing. But it was constantly like we we're in the car every day and we we're on the go every day. And we were constantly together, which is amazing. He's an amazing human, but like it was just a lot. And um, I ate a lot of road trip food. So I had a lot of goldfish <laughs> and, and just things that are like not good. So at the end, I, I decided. I wanted to do this really dramatic month where I kind of ran away from my life for a mm -hmm. month, like more dramatically than even traveling the world. I just wanted to like have zero social obligations, mm -hmm. which I've never experienced in my life and um, really detox my body, no sugar, no processed foods, no alcohol, no drugs, like anything. Um, and I really cut myself back on how much I was allowed to work so I could do more soul work. And it was heavy. It was really hard. I was there for a month in a small town away from like most people I know. And um, yeah, it was lonely, mm -hmm. but um, I made it a point to really work on certain things spiritually. And that was amazing. Like I um, have been able to fix a lot of my own anxiety and, and things that month and um, it was good. Wow. It was good. It also gave me a lot of like reference for like what works moving forward and yes. what just isn't uh -huh. isn't good so like the amount i allowed myself to work wasn't enough and which is fine but like now i know like okay i need to change up the way i was doing that or um you know just just different things where i was like okay uh, the running i was trying to run five times a week and i'm not a runner <laughs> i like killed my knees right away and i'm like okay this is just not gonna work for me and like just how we can always be reevaluating our mm -hmm. processes and how we could do better yes that's fascinating. A whole month. And whole you month. did it. High five. Yay. There you go, girl. Yeah. I was very much ready to be back around people, which actually was good because, again, I was socially exhausted. So I felt like I was um, not as grateful for the times I had with friends and family because I was so drained that, like, we get together and I kind of felt like, like I have to get together with people. Mm -hmm. And that's not how I want to feel. And so mm. once I got home, I was like, any interaction I got with friends, I was grateful for again, which was yes. so nice. So sometimes you have to that's step away. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, I use the word obligations because that's what it feels like sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so when I came back, it didn't feel like obligations. It felt like, oh, thank goodness I get to see my friend. Mm -hmm. So, like, that is very different. Wow. What a turnover. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you're going to Thailand. Yep. And how long are you going to be in Thailand for? We have no plans. I'm like, we've got the first week of me being there planned and then I don't know. So 
maybe a little bit in Thailand. Is it a one-way ticket? One-way ticket, okay. yeah. Oh, and, wow. So you're just going. Uh, yeah, and I don't plan on being back to the U.S. for at least six to nine months. Wow, incredible. Yeah, incredible. and I have no plans, so. And for anybody out there who's wondering, because I'm sure there's a lot of young girls asking, thinking, like, I wish I could do this, but I got a job. I got bills. I've got, you know, and tell us. Because money is a factor. To yeah. travel, you do need money yeah. to buy your ticket and buy food and buy things that are going to help you survive while you're enjoying all of these things. Right. How is it possible for you? And yeah. what maybe some tips you can give to, to girls or men out there that want to do what you're doing but feel obligated to their yeah. There's jobs. a ton of options, just depending on where you are professionally or um what you have going on in your life. So if you have like zero debt, zero bills for the most part, like if you leave everything in the US and you just go, you don't need much worldwide. So if you're really young and you don't have anything tying you down, um, look into work abroad programs or look into temporary work in other countries. That's a really great way to start traveling when you don't have anything else holding you down. Um, I, a lot of my friends, we work remotely. So I work full time in addition to my business while I travel um, for now. But that's, you know, what I needed to be able to fund my travels. It's not, you know, none of us are independently wealthy. At least none of my friends are. So it's it's a lot of work. Um, but I've got a whole blog post on how to find remote jobs. Mm -hmm. And there's What's a the lot of resources. Um, I think it's like, how the heck did I find a remote job is the name of, of it. And I'll, I can send you the link. Perfect. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of resources. You look for, like, remote work, and you can find jobs as simple as administrative assistants that are online that don't require a ton of background up to, like, you know, graphic designers, um, marketers, salespeople. I'm in sales. So there's a lot of options if you do have some professional background, seeing if there's a way to translate that into a job that is remote. Um, so that's a really good option. Um, so to keep that money flowing in yeah. while you're able to go on these adventures. Yeah. Like I'm working full time. Everyone I know is working full time while they travel. Um, and then the other option too, is if you don't want to be worried about working while you're traveling, um, just make the commitment to yourself to like be saving money. Um, you know, take extra work, um, you know, worked part time somewhere bartending while you're also like doing your day job and, and just put things away if, if it's that important to you. Um, and like you said, sell all your stuff. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're planning on like leaving for a while, like sell all your stuff. And yeah. um, sometimes it's anyways. good to not have the roots. Mm -hmm. like roots are great, but they can also hold you back when you're afraid to like let them yes. go. So. Yes. Oh, yes. I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> Letting, releasing all of the stuff that's kind of, you know, in the back of your mind. You know, and when I was traveling, I remember coming back and thinking, all this stuff just sat here. I didn't even need it. Yeah. So I actually got rid of my stuff when I came back mm -hmm. because I was like, I did without it this whole time. I yeah. had done one bag of clothes for months. What do I, I need do I this have for? All this yeah. To kind of reevaluate what's actually important. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I've been living like that ever since. I've been living the nomadic and the minimalist life since I've been back. In fact, yeah. I grew up living the min minimalist life. I just had acquired so much stuff. That I just, do. I know yeah. it's natural. Like, it's I, natural. I can't believe how much stuff I have when I sold things. But then you're like, mm, yeah. What? The shirt I haven't worn for a year. What is this still doing in why my closet? Yeah. Oh, I know why I'm supposed um, to clean my windows with it. I was ridiculous. When I sold my wardrobe, I had like 85 dresses, like 60 yoga Girl, pants. What are you doing with 85 dresses? It was insane, guys. I mean, I haven't really grown an inch since I was 12, so there was also that factor. <laughs> but like, yeah. <laughs> 
There funny. it is. That's funny. Not pretty. So, all right. So where can people find you? Yeah. So I am on any social media platform under at the remote yogi. Um, the remote yogi blog is where I'm um, uploading usually about twice a week. We do video content. We do free yoga PDFs. Um, I give a lot of coaching advice on there. Um, in addition to private coaching, as far as life and wellness and um, kind of confidence training. And you do it all remotely. So people can log on. Yep. Just like this video camera, we chat this way. Um, And then I've got our remote yogi membership, which has a free challenge. So if you want to go get two weeks of free yoga from me, um, you can find that on the the remote yogi tribe.com. It'll link you to the, the free challenge or our monthly membership. That's awesome. Yeah. And just for those that are curious, what is a membership usually cost or what's the investment? Yeah. Talk about that. For so um, our cost is usually $20 a month. If you sign up for the free challenge and you sign up within the first two weeks of doing that free challenge, you get 25% off lifetime membership. So that drops it to $15 a month. That's amazing. And you get access to at least one new yoga video a week. We've got a huge inventory, um, whether they're from me or I bring on guest teachers, like Helen. Helen's one of our guest teachers. Um, but there's also meditations. I do um, monthly workshops on things that I usually would private coach on. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, like, playlists. We've got food plans. We've got um, a Facebook group that is amazing. That's kind of, again, how I'm trying to bring this community online um so you can connect there we do live calls once or twice a month where we all get on zoom and hang out and drink wine and get to know each other and ask questions yes um so there's a lot it's a it's an investment for a reason because we've got that community building and we consider ourselves like more of a boutique Mm. community online I think what one of the best things that I've seen with your groups is that you're very active in it no matter where you're at yeah and you are very um, you're always very caring and very sharing about what your passion is to help others. And I love that. And the cool thing about your like calls, what you just mentioned about your zoom, I, I haven't been on one yet and I'm going to, but I, what I love about what you just mentioned is that you can be in California, you can be in New York, you can be in another country, yeah. I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. And get on and have this community of women and make friends all over the world. Yeah. Yeah, and then also yeah. like the Facebook group. So if you can't make the live calls, um, there's that. I've also started a program where I do accountability buddies. So I'll partner mm-hmm. with somebody within the group. And I've seen some of the best friendships blossom. That's there's amazing. two girls who have never met in person, and they say they're best friends now. Wow. So, yeah. You guys want some best friends? It's amazing. Sign up. It's really, <laughs> it's really fun. All right. So um, I just have one last question before we wrap it up. Thank you sure. for sharing everything. Uh, so as a um, mental health awareness month that should be every day every year every everything uh and you touched on your anxiety and your own depression um my brother committed suicide a year ago and my question to you is when you are in those really dark places or have been in those dark places or may find yourself in those dark places again what do you do to help yourself that may help others out there what advice can you give yeah um so again, I've been dealing with depression since I was about 12. So I really started to notice my own patterns of when I was starting to slip into depression, um, which takes time to, to be aware of. Um, so I started using things like yoga, meditation, breathing to really help me. Um, so I've kind of made out a list of things that pull me out of what I call like a funk. And I was in one this week. I'll be honest with you. 
I was having a great week and then I'll blame this on the new moon and Venus in retrograde because it's easier. <laughs> the new moon made me but do it. But like, yeah, um, the last three days I find myself like crying every night. I have no idea what's wrong. I just feel very heavy and exhausted. Um, and I, I realized that I had walked myself into another exhaustion hole, whether it was too much friends, too much work. I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And then when I don't follow through with everything I think I should be doing, I get really hard on myself and the depression mm -hmm. starts to come back. So like, it totally feels like suddenly there's this like heavy spirit, like pressing me down mm -hmm. and everything's hard. Um, but I'm better at noticing it now. And so when it happens, I'm like, okay, what, what's my list of things I can do? I can call some of my best friends. I can like just say, Hey, I'm having the worst freaking time right now. Can you just let me be pathetic for a minute and walk you through everything I'm thinking? Um, sometimes it's like the gym as simple as that. Sometimes that's all I need is I just need to like go prove that my body's powerful and get moving, do some yoga, do some dance, go spend a night on the town um, or get out in nature for me is a really big thing. Like we think our issues are so significant and so big and so major until you can get like below a giant mountain or you can see the ocean out in front of you and you're like, okay, my issues aren't that big. Like this mountain is giant. Like I can, I can take a step back and, and feel insignificant, but in a really good way, like in a way that's like, oh, I'm just part of this big picture. I, like my, my solo thing is not that important. And, and that kind of helps me. So tell them right now, that girl, that boy out there, that man, that woman that is listening and just feeling they're just they're They can't even get their body to move. They can't get their, their mind to be straight and they just feel hopeless. Yeah, I, I think that the biggest thing is to understand um, we tend to beat ourselves up for having the darker shadow self, whether that's anxiety, depression. Um, something that helped me is identifying that that's a part of my ego that's trying to help in whatever way it can. And I've just said, you know, I, this is my shadow self. It's a part of me, but it's also disconnected from me. Like there's, there's a separation. So I don't have to identify myself as, as this dark side. I can use it as a stepping stone to better my life. And so when I have that attitude and I can kind of see it as like, how can I work with you to kind of move forward? And then I don't have to feel like, I am the depression or I am the anxiety. And that for me just makes it a little bit like, okay, like I'm not broken. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. Yes. 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 Love it. Thank you so much, Taryn. And please go follow Taryn, see what she's going on with or going on with her site. Um, the remote yogi dot blog. blog yes. yes. And Instagram at the remote yogi. Yeah. Too. Always doing lots of fun giveaways and, and deals too. So awesome. Come check it out. All right. Thank you everybody for joining in and uh, follow me. Um, you can subscribe at Sexy Freedom Media and check out my website, sexyfreedom.com and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Sexy Freedom Media. Thank you. Thank you. And stop the broadcast. <laughs>